Hello, and welcome back to the Project Happy Place podcast. I'm thrilled to have my next guest here. His name is Kevin Heckmat. He is a corporate performance and wellness coach who's here to shift how we respond to stress and bring more happiness, productivity, and communication to teams around the world. He uses over 30 years of research from the HeartMath Institute to share a new understanding of how we can manage the stress response through simple evidence-based techniques and create a happier and healthier work life, which is the exact premise of this podcast. So it's the perfect person to speak to. And without further ado, I want to welcome Kevin. Thank you for being here. Hi, Jane. Thank you for having me. And it is the perfect, perfect connection and overlap with what you you already talked about. So um, I feel as though, you know, you're one of my pre-COVID friends since we met in 2020, 2020 at a conference in February. And I generally avoid large events and shows because I feel that you don't necessarily get anything out of it and it's your time is money. But when I meet people like you at conferences like that, I am reinvigorated and inspired mm. to keep attending, <laughs> to keep attending them because we, I think happen to be sitting next to each other at the welcome reception. And I was immediately yeah. struck by your energy. You really radiate happiness and positivity. And then we got to work together on a few projects with NQ. So can you start off by sharing a little bit about the work you do with speakers at Say Something? Yeah, I mean, I remember that so well. Uh, and it, it was great to, to meet you, um, meet you there. It was at that welcome reception dinner. And I, what I always think is so funny, I've talked about like that conference uh, so much and it, it was great um, because it was right before COVID. But we were hearing about COVID, and I remember. So, you know, my work with with say something is uh, I work with speakers, you know, motivational speakers, authors, performers, and they're all people that make you think about your life in a different way. And uh, you know, whether it's from a storytelling perspective, from a business perspective, uh, from an inspiration perspective, like they all have um, a way of both hitting the heart and the head. Um, in a really special, uh, in a really special way. So whether you're in the audience, you know, on a podcast, uh, reading their books, uh, it, it inspires some sort of shift in your own life as a reader or listener. And, and there at, at MPI, it was the meeting planners event. Uh, it was just right before COVID. And I remember NQ, who's uh, the um, amazing poet, performer, author that I work with, he got off stage and he said, do you think, and the event was all meeting planners. And he said, do you think anyone in the room knows that they're, this is going to be the last conference they go to for like a year? He said, and this was before really anyone really thought that was going to be the case. And I looked at him, I was like, man, you're crazy. Stop being so negative. (laughs) And literally, it was the last conference we went to for probably two years um, in person. And so, what what a what a funny place to meet you, obviously, Jane. And uh, but I'm glad we're back here and and both of us doing uh, something you know so aligned with what we were back then, but in a, in a new way. Yes, completely. I know, and that's funny that he had the vision to kind of see that that was going to be our soon to be reality 
and he is amazing. Um, I know, you know, we had the chance to work together with him and then just reading his book, following him on social media. And I just think that you've curated such a unique group of people that say something. I know a lot of the times as meeting planners, when somebody asks you to research a speaker and find somebody, a lot of the speaker bureaus can just send really run-of-the-mill people that aren't going to be unique in any sort of way. So I think that that's what really differentiates you and the people that you've curated at Say Something. And I've always wanted to ask this to somebody that does book speakers because you probably attend lots of events. And it must be so fulfilling to see a room light up after a talk. So do you have any highlight moments over, you know, the past <laughs> your career really when you've really seen people inspired by mm. a speaker that you brought to them? Yeah. Uh, wow. I'll, the first one that came to mind, which I think is probably the craziest that there've, been a lot of Inq's workshops that have been like mm. incredibly powerful. He does these workshops that bond a team like I've never seen before. And you have like people opening up uh, internally in a company in a way that like they'd never have and, and a bond that lasts for, for a long time. Probably one of the most shocking ones was he did one on Instagram uh, back when it was just Instagram and uh I went to their office. He did a workshop for like 250 people on the monetization team in Instagram. And I went to the office a year after the workshop for, with another client or something else entirely. And someone recognized me in the office. They were like, oh, weren't you, uh, you know, the InQ's manager from last year, our retreat last year? And I was like, yeah. And the guy said that they still talk about the poems that they wrote. And they still do the poems for each other that they wrote each other from a year before. And that's I don't incredible. know, that's insane. I mean, I, you know, obviously that's your dream as like a speaker agent, as a speaker to like make that kind of impact, but you never really get to hear that actual feedback from someone. So that was incredible. That's one. The second one, which is probably the, the craziest like live experience of a speaker I've ever booked was, uh, do you know Alex Benayan? I do not. Yeah, so Alex is an incredible speaker, author, storyteller. He uh, he wrote a book. He had like a seven-year journey tracking down the world's most successful people to figure out what they did differently when they were just starting out to propel them to their success. So like maybe Bill Gates, Lady Gaga, Maya Angelou, Warren Buffett, like a ton of these people. And, it was, and, and the book ended up becoming about his journey doing it. He was speaking at Dutch Bros, the coffee company. Uh, which is an awesome company as well, and love them. And uh, and so we, I had booked him for for that event. It was like five thousand employees at Dutch Bros. They used to do these awesome events called Kocha, which is like all their employees. And Dutch Bros. Energy is just like the most alive, like love oriented energy at a company I've seen probably. And he gives a speech. It's like a sixty minute. It's probably a forty five minute keynote, fifteen minute Q and A. He gives a speech, and during the Q and A. One of the questions, this girl, Amanda, I'll never forget, I'm sitting in the audience, she gets the mic, 5,000 people in the audience, and she starts talking about how she was like trying to figure out, because his whole talk talks about there's always a way to do whatever you want in your life. You have to you know, figure out that your path to do it, essentially, short, short way of explaining it. And she starts talking about how she was, uh, she just got accepted into um, a university. 
she's like works at one of the, the coffee stands at Dutch Bros. Just got accepted to like a dream university, but doesn't have the money um, to, to like pay tuition and like wasn't, didn't get a scholarship and like, you know, she was having trouble. She couldn't make up, you know, and Alex was like, just sort of asking her like, okay, like what sort of brainstorming with her, like on stage live, like, well, how could you do it? You know? And she's like, like, how much do you need? And she's like 5,000. And, and all of a sudden, like people in the audience start yelling, like Venmo, Venmo, (laughs) Venmo. And Alex was sort of like, what's going on? Like, and all of a sudden realizes that people in the audience are saying like, what's your Venmo? Okay. This is, you understand, this is 5,000 like kids. Everyone is like 18 to 24 in the audience because they all work at coffee stands. Like that's the Mm -hmm. majority. Everyone's like Venmo. So Alex is like, oh my God, people are asking for your Venmo. Like, are you, are you down to give it? And she pulls out her Venmo. You don't understand. She pulls out her Venmo and literally uh, they put it up. Everyone starts Venmoing her. I'm pretty sure she got like $15,000 Venmo to her that day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was insane. And she was bawling, crying. Yeah. Everyone was going crazy, cheering. <clears throat> they ended up like, she ended up, you know, obviously being able to, to go to, to go to study. And then like, I think she gave some of the money donated as well, because it was more than she needed. And it was just like this awesome, awesome moment where like, one speaker can go up and like, that's mm. the dream, right? You inspire not only like everyone individually, but to bring people together, I guarantee you everyone in that room probably remembers that and will remember for a long time. Definitely. I bet they will because it's all tied to emotions. So yeah. I'm sure the emotions are running high in that room. And that's such an incredible <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah. um, and just to think that that's the reason why it is fun to bring people together and to have events is because you get to see these connections that people make and you can leave an impact on people. So to have people at the office, like a year later, talking to you about how they still reflect back on that moment is pretty incredible, especially now, because I feel as though people have such a short attention span nowadays that it's like one thing to the next. So to have something sit and resonate for over a year later, is so incredible. Yeah. And I'm sure you feel this also like at Contenta and when you work with the companies you work with, you know, especially right now, what I hear so often is in a virtual world, in a, in a hybrid world, uh, where we're all working from home for the most part, you lose so much of that in-person connection mm. um, that these offsites, retreats, conferences, like bringing the team together and doing something different, like really shaking things up, whether it's having the right speaker or the right experience, what we were talking about Daybreaker earlier, like something that just makes them feel a little more alive and connected again, makes your team actually feel like a team again. Completely. And it makes it personal. So that's what I keep trying to do in events is asking questions during registration. What's your favorite pump up song? Send a fun mm. photo from... Oh, cool. Yeah, what's like a fun memory from the past year and then simple things like you then can build a slideshow that plays when people walk in the room or you can play the soundtrack or wheels created on Spotify and send it to people before they come to the event and we'll say, you know, listen to this as you come. This is your team's pump up song. And it's super cool because it's happened a couple of times now 
when you think pump up song, there's like a couple of hits that really like rise to the top. <laughs> it's like a lot of like Rocky soundtrack. Right. Um, and then one of them at this past event was lose yourself by Eminem and we're like three people had it out of 20. So that was pretty incredible. And the oh, demographic of the people was not where I would expect it to be with Eminem. <laughs> and right. our event was at a Ritz Carlton hotel. So a nicer hotel, more quiet and subdued. So in the morning I played the track, like while I was having people check in for registration, eating breakfast, and then like lose yourself comes on. And we're like in the foyer of this hotel <laughs> blasting Eminem. And I'm like, you know what? Like people are going to think you guys are like pretty legit. <laughs> Right. Like, this is what you're listening to in the morning. <laughs> but the funny thing that I have noticed too, is a little, a couple of people are skeptical, skeptical and they won't do it. And then when they see other people have done it, they're like, can I send in a picture to be included? Or here's my yeah. song. So you're making these personal connections. And that is what is truly fulfilling because if you just show up every day and log into your computer and you're just sending email and working, you're getting work done, but there's that complete loss of personal connection that, and then think of the energy that you get from being with people in person. So as I mentioned from the beginning, I'm kind of a hater on big conferences. I just refuse to go. It's just (laughs) not my jam. And sometimes if I have an event that I'm going to go to, I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I want to go. And then I go and I realize you leave there feeling if it's, you know, planned well, and there's a right group of people, you do leave feeling super energized from that experience. And that's just something that doesn't happen when you're kind of in your own world working remote. Right. Definitely agree. So with that being said, I definitely want to dig into the work that you're doing now with your own speaking gigs, which is super um, awesome. So congratulations on congratulations on that. So you work with companies um, to improve team well-being so can you tell us a little bit more about the HeartMath Institute? So in reading your bio, that was the first time that I heard of that. So I wanted to hear a little bit more about what yeah. research has shown. Yeah, so HeartMath is super interesting. I mean, for like 30 plus years, they've been uh, studying the heart and the brain's connection. And uh, they've been studying how our emotions affect our health, physiology, performance, um, and they, they've done and partnered with other organizations to do a lot of research studies around, um, you know, what's actually going on in the brain and the body when we're under stress, anxiety, um, mm. and, and how to, uh, they've actually developed tools uh, that help people perform better in these high stress environments. So they take a really, what I like about it is they take a really scientific research backed approach to, to all this. I mean, obviously you know, I was a believer, you know, that this is helpful before, but having the science around it, having the actual studies around it helps so much when you, especially when you come into the corporate world, when there's actually like people need to know that there's a reason they're doing something and there's actually a, you know, <laughs> a, mm-hmm. a benefit to it. Um, they can measure it in a certain way. So hard math works with like, you know, the military, police and fire departments, schools, hospitals, like you know, t- tons of organizations to train their people to perform better in these, in these high stress environments. Mm. And then they train people to go and do it. So I, I train, um, at our math and, uh, and now, you know, do it, do it on my own sort of in my own way. And it's really powerful. I mean, you just see how, um, how crazy it is that we never received or learned any tools mm. to deal with stress or anxiety or frustration. 
Like it's really bonkers. Like when you think about it, it's like one of the most universal experiences that affect <laughs> us in a negative. It really is like, yeah, I, it is one of the most universal and no one like not in school, not after mm-hmm. like no one is ever like, okay. So when you start feeling overwhelmed, this is what to do to help. Like this is what science shows will actually help you make better decisions, just feel better, you know, how communicate more clearly, like all of that. And like, whether it's an overwhelm from like a burnout perspective, whether it's just an overwhelm from like, you know, sometimes it's, you're not burned out, but you just have a lot of work going on. You've got a lot of things going on in your, in your life and your work and home. And it's not necessarily like you need to get rid of any of it, but you just need to juggle it better, handle it better. And like, why not have some tools that help you manage that better? Right. Totally. I mean, what you just said, it gives me, gave me goosebumps, but you're completely right. Like you don't learn to deal and live with stress. And ultimately you have to learn how to deal with it because you have to generally speaking, unless you're living on a compound in the middle of nowhere, you have to sometimes live and deal with stressful environments because you're dealing with other people in this world. So I say that to my friend who her and I go to this breathwork studio in San Diego and you drive into the park and they do a cold plunge too. It's at 40 degrees. So you do your nice peaceful breathwork and then it's like into the cold plunge and that part's terrible no matter how many times you've done it. So you drive into the parking lot and the whole, your whole body's like, ah, like email work, busy schedule, like thinking of 10, your brain's just kind of firing. And then you're stressed out. like, oh, I have to do the cold plunge. And every time without fail, you drive out of that parking lot, like you're on cloud nine. And she said, she, she said to me one time, I just wish I could feel like this all the time. And I'm like, well, you, yeah, exactly. But ultimately you have to deal with the world around you. So that's why you need to keep coming back here to reset. And I do feel like there is hope for future generations because I have a child that just started kindergarten at a school in San Diego and he is learning about breathing. So he's learned square breathing. He learns about how so cool. To, yeah, yeah, you trace you, you trace your fingers. So one, you know, trace out is a breath out and then in. And then they're learning learning about zones of regulation. So it's the green, the yellow, the red. And in conversations with him, it just it like changes the game entirely because I will see him now in moments that are stressful start to breathe. Like, oh my wow. gosh, like if I learn oh, this. Oh, wow. Look at I, that. See that? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. If I learned this from the age of five, like imagine how you would yeah. you know, be able to cope. And it does just help relate to things so much. I mean, if he's in a moment where he's having like a stressful situation, he's really angry. We can reference that he was in the red zone and like, he's trying to get out of it. And he can communicate better about things. So it's really fantastic that, you know, they're starting to teach that younger uh, in certain instances, but it does give me some hope. But you're like, you hit the nail on the head with the fact that we don't, we haven't really learned how to deal with those types of situations. So with that being said, how do you work with companies? I imagine that you do keynotes and or workshops. Yeah. So can you walk us through a little bit about what that looks like in your, you know, the companies that you work with in case anyone's interested in, you know, bringing you on. 
Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, it's keynotes, workshops, d different sort of settings, depending on what they're looking for and what, and what fits best, how big the team knows all that, but really what it is, uh, whether it's a keynote or a workshop is it's laying down a foundation of, uh, of what's actually going on. Right. So like the first is understanding like what's actually going on in the brain and the body when we're under stress, right? Like most people don't even know that like when, when you're under stress, it's not just a feeling, right? It, it is a feeling, but also your brain actually starts to shut down certain areas of your brain that help with communication and, you know, uh, with clarity, with decision-making actually biologically start to shut down. So if you get like frustrated that like, whenever you're like overwhelmed, you can't communicate what you usually can communicate. Like that was my biggest thing that I learned is like the biggest shift that I made was like, whenever I was having hard conversations or I'd get overwhelmed, I really like either couldn't find the words to say, or I'd say something I didn't even mean to say. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can relate to that. And yeah. I would always get really frustrated because like I can communicate pretty well, but in those moments I just like shut down. And it wasn't until I realized that it was just biological. It was just like fight or flight is kicking in, right? The nervous system's kicking in. And once you just slow down and take a breath or a couple breaths and you actually learn to do that in the moment, all of a sudden that clarity comes back. So that's the first step, right? It's first understanding what's actually going on in the brain and the body. And then it's learning actual tools. So whether it's a keynote or workshop, I'm like, my biggest thing is like, let's give you as many tools as you can uh, like get in a, in a period of time, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, two hours. And so you can actually walk out of there with things you can use and do uh, like now, today, tomorrow, this week, right? Yeah. That's like the number one priority. And then the biggest thing in a team at a company is how can you implement a system where these things, these techniques, these tools start to be used on a regular basis? Because if you just say, hey, use them, choose a time and do it when are, like you have, you know, 10 people on your immediate team, maybe, or, you know, a company, whatever it is, like 30 people, if you just say use it, maybe some people use, some people won't. But if you say, hey, for a month before every meeting, whether it's a small one-on-one -on -one or a bigger meeting, we're just going to take a minute to do whatever you need to do, but it's going to be some sort of breathing some exercise we learned something, maybe someone can lead it. Maybe there's a champion. Like, like sometimes we'll go in and be like, okay, who really loves this kind of stuff already? Mm. Great. So, cause I'm not going to be here every day. Right. I'm not going to be with you guys every day, but who already is really into this? Like Jane, you may be the one, you know, that would be like, oh, I already do breath work and I already am into this stuff. So you would like encourage people in a meeting when half the people are like, we don't have time. I'm running late. Uh, be like, we, it's a minute. <laughs> it's a minute just we're not we'll be more productive and totally. it's actually true right you'll be more yeah. productive you'll you'll actually communicate more clearly like so why not take two minutes before you start the meeting to just do a breathing exercise and slow down and see how it works Exactly. And I think if you get those champions that it will really help with the accountability of these types of things. And I think with wellness, a lot of it boils down to the habits and the way you live your daily life. So mm -hmm. I just love the study of habits. Additionally, that, you know, if you, for me, it's, you know, meditating, journaling and working out. And I just noticed that if I can do it in the morning and get up early, I hate 
the mornings and getting up early. But if I do it, it completely shifts the entire day for me. So once you do it more and more often, it becomes like a no brainer. So it's putting that into practice, like you said, and getting people to be accountable, having a champion that really helps it stick. Because for me, there's nothing worse than having somebody come in, give a really awesome workshop. And then it's like fizzles out to nothing because then what's the point? So it's really cool that you're giving people tangible tools that they can walk away with to, um, put that into practice. Yeah. Yeah. And the, on the habit note, which I think is so important, like, uh, atomic habits said so well, like, you know, start small with these bite-sized habits. Like that's how you're going to do the best. And that's how I teach it anyway, to begin with. Cause I think that's the most accessible thing is you're, you're almost like, um, it's like you have a, you're, you're getting a little, uh, external battery pack, you know, it's like portable chargers mm. that can give you like five or 10% charge on your battery on your like life battery when you need it. Right. So like when it's like Wednesday at 4 PM and you're like at your edge. Right. And you're like, you're already in low battery mode. Right. (laughs) And, and, and you're like at 5% and you're like, if, uh, and then someone adds a meeting to your calendar and then you get like feedback on a project that was already late. And then like, you know, and you're like, I'm going to explode right now. Like that's when you need it uh, in that moment. And before you get there, like you need an extra five, 10% to recharge so that you don't like get to zero and just completely, you know, explode. Cause that's you, you respond differently when you're at 2% battery versus 95% battery. You know, we all do. Yeah, we all do completely. Um, so I know we just have a few more minutes, but I would yeah. love to hear more about you on, you know, what is your happy place, what recharges you and gives you energy, Mm. because the whole premise of this and what I realized when I pretty much had my own burnout a year ago was that, uh, too often we just wait until it's too late. Like you said, the battery is 2% to refuel ourselves and gives our, give ourselves, um, what we need. So if you can do your, you know, your happy place could just be like, I think you had mentioned it was beach volleyball and playing the piano. For me, it was cooking. Like if we do those on a regular basis that it can really help recharge us and give us energy. So what is that for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I love that you brought this up too. I don't, I don't know that you even know this, but part of one of the techniques that I do is actually this idea. It, it's actually uh, imagining you're in that place, your happy place. You know, I, I ask people, you know, uh, what's uh, a memory, a person, a place, or a pet that makes you feel joy, love, you know, happiness, courage, content, peace. Um, because when you actually imagine something, the body releases hormones and fires and wires neurons in the same way as when you're actually doing it. Mm. It's, it's pretty crazy, right? So if, you, uh, if you're imagining you're there, it's not maybe to the full extent, but uh, it's, it's, it's some, some portion of those same things are being released in the body. So, um, I have people actually like when they're doing the breathing to imagine they're in that place because it actually allows your body to, uh, respond in a really, really positive way. Um, so for my things, uh, I, I, you said it, beach volleyball is definitely one of them. I love, I love playing, uh, I play out in Venice. Uh, I, I play piano. So like one often for me is over COVID actually, I learned um, a Chopin piece that I love. And 
and I've just been playing it a ton. And, and I sort of like even hum that to myself uh, when I want it or I, whenever I, I'm around the piano, I play it. And, uh, and also like a lake, being on a lake, uh, water skiing, you know, slalom skiing, wakeboarding, uh, jet skiing, anything like that. Like it's the most peaceful thing for me. Cool. I love that. I feel like we talked about that in 2020 because we both live in California near beaches, but I too am a lake person and get a lot of energy and recharge (laughs) by being in the middle of nowhere on a lake. Yeah. What's yours? I'm sure you've answered this already on your podcast, but what's yours? For me, it is cooking. So I noticed cool. like just like making a new recipe and having the time to really do that. And like just the family and hosting. So that kind of all goes hand in hand with cooking. And and I do love my Peloton because that is my happy place. So doing cool. that on a regular basis is great. And then I just like super simple things with my kids that I like doing a puzzle or playing baseball with my son because what I have learned also over time, it's like, it doesn't even matter about money. Like even if you're the most successful person in the world and have a lot of money, like people just ultimately want to be happy even doing simple things. So for me, it's just savoring those simple moments that you have with your loved ones and um, making sure you have the space to be able to be there for those people. So I, I also noticed in working full, full-time plus um, for a company, by the end of the day, I was just done. Like, but, and then you have kids coming home from school and then you're like, I'm at a 2% if, if like completely dead. <laughs> so how can I be yeah. there for my family if I now have no patience, I'm super stressed. And I wanted to be there for them. So that's what I have found is that, you know, creating this life where you have doing things you love, creating more balance. Um, Mm -hmm. You then have, you can show up for people in a way, healthier way. So definitely. That's what I think. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on board. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. I love that we've been able to stay connected over the past few years and super excited about the work that you're now doing because I know that there's certainly an appetite for that at many companies. And like you mentioned, having things that are research-backed really helps so that people can see like tangibly that there's science behind this. It's not all just the feel-good emotions. So yeah pleasure being with you today. Thank you for having me, Jane. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the Project Happy Place podcast. It was a pleasure to get to connect with Kevin once again and to learn more about the work that he's doing. I particularly love the piece he talked about where you identify a champion in your group that can help keep everyone on track to put some of these different techniques into practice so that we can be whole and come to, you know, show up to things with our full selves by practicing breath work, taking time for yourself. And that is really hard to do. And I think it takes people around you that will hold you accountable, but that will also put these things into practice for things to really stick. Thanks again for joining and look forward to the next guest that we have on. It helps dramatically if you follow, rate, and review the podcast. So we're hoping that we can get more traction on that front as it helps get the word out there about the work we're doing with the Project Happy Place podcast. Take care.